Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs, critics and people who just love their food. Today I'm joined by Millie McIntosh, one of the nation's most well-known and loved personalities. She first came onto our screens as part of the original lineup of Made in Chelsea in 2011, and after five seasons decided to embark on a career spanning from beauty to fashion to lifestyle and fitness. Not just beautiful on the outside, she exudes an all-round positive nature from the inside and shows her millions of followers on a daily basis that workouts and maintaining a healthy lifestyle can also be balanced out with eating delicious food and living a fun, carefree life. I have come to visit her at her new home, which may I say is serious interior goals, as she is very pregnant. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> How you. How are you feeling, Thank you Carly? for having me. And thank, that was such a lovely introduction. Well, I, all of my guests have sort of said from now on, they kind of want me to be around on a daily yes. basis, just like giving them all of their sort of like life affirmations and yeah. telling them how wonderful they are. Just introduce me. <laughs> exactly. All, all day, like every phone call, you need to just like, come on I'm going to call you every morning, Lily, and just tell you how wonderful you yeah. are. So I always ask my guests and I always kick off my interviews with asking what you had for breakfast today. Well, I will tell you, and I'm, I'm very passionate about breakfast. This morning I had um, porridge made with half um, quinoa flakes Ooh. and half gluten-free oats mixed together with um, almond milk and poached pears with almond butter and honey. Oh my gosh. Okay, so did you poach the pears and everything yourself? I cheated or? and and I, <laughs> I I actually just buy sometimes buy them tinned. Oh nice. Like because then it's just like quicker, just mm. like drain the syrup. Mm. Just yeah, it's just but it, making them obviously yourself is nicer. That sounds really but they still taste delicious. Good. And I need to get involved in that. And it's really it's just an easy thing you can do with stuff from the cupboard. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And then the quinoa flake because I've never tried quinoa flake. Is it like quinoa? It's okay. Well, it's it's flake, so it's kind of you know it goes into like a porridge porridge okay. consistency. It doesn't taste that. You know how quinoa can have like quite strong taste. Yeah. Mixed with the oats, it really doesn't have that like strong quinoa-y flavor. It just it, maybe it feels slightly lighter than when you do it yeah. only with oats. Yeah, because sometimes oats can but be. But it's a bit still heavy. very filling. Mm. Um, and just since being pregnant, I find porridge is a really good breakfast because it does keep you going for a long time. Absolutely. But depending on what I'm doing, some mornings I'll have like two breakfasts. Because I, I wake up really early, so often I'll have a breakfast, I'll have something to eat, bef- you know, between 7 and 8, and then if I do a workout or something, I'll then have something maybe between, like, 10 and 11. And what would you have then? Uh, it depends. I wouldn't have, like, the same thing twice, but I might then have, like, some eggs on toast or some just some fruit and yoghurt mm-hmm. or just, yeah, something, eat something, like, a bit smaller. Yeah. But kind of just give you the energy for the rest of the day until maybe, you, until maybe, your next maybe, meal. Maybe maybe a pastry, maybe oh, a croissant. Well, we, you have just served me the most delicious lemon cake, so um, I'm kind of there at like your mid morning. Well, that has level. actually been my my mid morning <laughs> snack today. Has been a slice of lemon cake. So it's all about balance. So as I said, we are recording from your new home, and you're sort of preparing for your new arrival, which is imminent. And obviously, congratulations. How are you feeling? Um, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling excited. Uh, sometimes I get, you know, moments where I feel a little bit overwhelmed, but I like, I, you know, I, I'm quite an organized person. I love lists. I like planning and this is, you know, something you can make sure you've got all the things you need, like 
organizing the house, everything from just like taking off a list, making sure I've got my hospital bag kind of done, making sure I've got all the things I need for her. Everything has to be washed with like, you know, non-bio sensitive like detergent. So there's kind of like little chores that I can do to just slowly tick things off, like doing something every day to make sure I'm more prepared. Amazing. I want to just start with your childhood. So you were born in Wiltshire. Yes, grew up in the country. The countryside. Country. What was life like growing up for you? So, you know, what was, were you sort of out and about the whole time running around and it was, was it very outdoorsy. quite a free life? Very outdoorsy. We had, we lived in a village um, and it had, and had a lovely garden. And I mean, I had a really idyllic childhood. It was, I have lots of memories of, um, you know, birthday parties in the garden, um, like lots of, yeah, lots of playing outside, kind of dogs and I didn't have my own horse, but like about horses, like mm. kind of, I was very into riding. Um, we'd kind of go on like family bike rides every weekend and my mum would, ideal. my mum <laughs> like it was, is, uh, is a great cook and would, um, would be at home cooking quite a lot. So yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, so growing up, who was your, pri- who was the primary cook in the family? My mum, definitely your my mum. Yeah. And what were you eating growing up? I think a lot like, of was it was of, food like, of a huge importance I assume then I mean yeah we it, like always having like meals together like the family meals together has been really important and it's something we, like we've always done and something that I really want to do as a mm. family as well and but yeah my mum would just cook I mean a, a lot of like delicious like kind of like British like home-cooked food just like really good like, good quality I'm trying to think like like favorites just like you know apple crumble things like when you go and pick the berries yourself I was gonna say did you ever grow did you grow your own fruit and veg we did we did yeah I remember like we kind of grew these potatoes and they'd be all kind of knobbly and weird looking but they tasted amazing how potatoes should look yeah and taste exactly (laughs) yeah we used to grow our own kind of like root veggies um and my mum would grow things like um like like peas and things like yeah so uh, there was definitely some green vegetables as well I guess it I think she tried various things out. Sometimes some things would go better than others, but it was not. I definitely had that, that amazing experience of learning where my food was coming from. So you had that sort of like inherent knowledge, and obviously coming from a foodie background. So your your parents owned a deli, is that right? Yes. So they owned they owned a deli in Marlborough. It was called Macintosh of Marlborough, amazing. and um, it just had all the all the best things. Like you know, I would always have my hand in a jar of like candied almonds or. You know, just the most delicious cheeses and salamis. So, and... were you spending quite a lot of time there? So, would yeah, you be I would there go in. Spare time, I'd go like, there after school like, or I was at boarding weekends. school, but uh, I would go in before I was at boarding school. Like then, I would might go in, yeah, on a Saturday or something. If my mum was, my mum had a kitchen underneath the shop, and she ran a catering business, so she'd prepare some food for the shop. Like she'd make delicious like pates and terrines and sandwiches every day that people would come in and get. But then she also catered for loads of people in the area and would, and would do, um, she would stock people's freezers. So more like kind of elderly people who can, they couldn't cook for themselves anymore, oh, but still wanted idea. like a really lovely, well-cooked, like kind of yeah. dinner that wasn't like a nasty um, ready meal. Good. So she was kind of ahead of herself in a way. Exactly. Cause nowadays we've got all these you know, know. really good delivery services, but. But there wasn't really yeah. anyone offering that. So that was part of the business. And then she'd prepare um, like pe- food for people that kind of wanted to pretend they'd done it themselves, I think. They were entertaining. 
Because she would always drop it off in like a really gorgeous dish. I know people that still do and that. And then <laughs> there's nothing wrong with no, it. No, not at all. Not um, at all. I've done it myself. But she would, uh, you know, the, deliver the the meal, the whatever it was, cooked in a dish, and they could just like heat it up at the last minute Great and idea. then like bring it out. Like, look Love what it. I made. Brilliant. And so, and were you getting quite involved at that point? Like, were you spending time I used in the to kitchens? Lo- I used to love going in and, and helping, doing whatever I could. She used to make these amazing parmesan biscuits that they had in the shop. And <laughs> I was allowed to like cut them out and do stuff like butter the bread for the sandwiches. And Amazing. So, and, and yeah, I'd find it really fun getting to go in and be part of like a, a working kitchen environment. But then she would also um, do the catering. She'd also cook from home so she could be at home with us as well. And at that time, so, so what sort of age would you have been around this time? I mean, they opened the shop literally a year after I was born. So it was oh, like gosh, all okay. through. So throughout your entire childhood. Until I was 16. And this was obviously like in a pre-social media life, you know, you how amazing that you were instilled this very healthy relationship with food and you were learning about proper food and where it came from and all that sort of stuff were you quite a confident child I mean did you sort of did you care about the way you looked were you conscious about certain foods not as a child I mean I think I would I wasn't really fussy with food I would I would kind of eat pretty much everything at boarding school I, or I don't know, I think I've spoken to lots of people who now have aversions to certain foods because at some point in their childhood, often in a school environment, yeah. they're kind of almost like forced to eat something they really didn't like. It wasn't he, cooked my nicely, dad always says and I still have weird was, things. My dad always that. talks about how he cannot stand two things, which is hot milk that apparently back in the day they <laughs> yeah. were served and rice puddings yeah. were also a big one. So yeah. I'm like that with... Um, I remember being forced to eat like beetroot. I still, actually, I can't eat. Really? I could have it in a juice, but I can't eat like raw beetroot. Um, I couldn't eat leeks for ages. Now I've like learned how to cook, like to cook them and like them. Um, I was weird with quite yeah, quite a lot of things. What were they doing with beetroots that you wouldn't? Have I liked? think it was just raw, and I just, I, I just yeah. really, I just, I really didn't like the texture of it. Yeah, bit... I don't like cucumber. Really? But my, my dad also doesn't like it. So I don't know like if he's like passed it on to me at some point that That's he didn't so think it's interesting. Weird. It's like a texture thing. I don't yeah. mind the taste of it. Like is it the sliminess? Yeah. It's like I don't like bean sprouts either. I think it's like anything that's like too watery. Yeah. Like raw tomatoes also. Really? If they're like really amazing, like you're abroad. Amazing Italian tomatoes. Yeah, then I could eat but like in the UK I'm like, no, I can't do it. See, I can't eat mushrooms. See, mushrooms I get like Hugo's funny with mushrooms. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just, mushrooms and so it's a texture thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, it's also a, well, it's a. I'm sort of like a bit of a contradiction because I cannot stand mushrooms, but I love truffles. Well, which no, technically I get that. are different, but you know. Anyway, what about raw onion? Yeah, I can eat raw onion. I can't do it, but I won't eat it because I've got um, tummy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the best for the digestion. No, um, no, I love I love onions. I love garlic. I like, I love garlic. I mean, I could eat raw garlic. <laughs> yeah, I, I love garlic. I'm like, I love putting raw garlic yeah. in things. I mean, raw garlic, I mean, not raw garlic, but garlic in general is the one thing I would never stop putting into my cooking, but I have stopped cooking with onions, which yeah. was quite difficult at first, especially when making sauces and Yeah, because it's like always that. like the first thing you put in. Yeah. Can you do celery? Yeah, I can do celery. I kind of have this rule that whatever I buy into the house is healthy and corresponds to what is good for my stomach and then when I leave right like it's a free-for-all <laughs> well that's a good way of having some balance exactly as you embarked into your adult life what were your career aspirations as you were kind of starting to leave school and 
get out into I, the big wide world. I used to make clothes uh, when I was at school. Um, so I used to make dresses like on my sewing machine that actually did a BTEC in art and, des- in art and design rather than doing A-levels. So you had lots of different like modules and one of my modules was fashion. Mm. So I actually, and I did an internship for a, a lingerie designer. And then from there was kind of making my own like like bras and stuff. And then I would then develop that into these kind of little baby doll dresses, which were tiny, made <laughs> out of um, offcuts of, of silk that I got given when I did uh, my internship. And then I would also use stuff like, um, like silk scarves that my granny had given me and turn them into these little like they basically like they were basically basically like a little negligee love it and um I'd make them for friends as like presents and stuff and then people started to want to buy them so it was just a very much like word of mouth thing and so would you would you be wearing these out your little mini dresses but that was very a sign of the times wasn't it we would be wearing them out like you know no coat yeah (laughs) little strappy mini dress very short high heels loads of loads of tan you know, loads of hair and makeup, off-road teeter. I miss those days. Off-road teeter down the King's Road. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I found some pictures of, yeah, and we would wear them out. And I'm just like, I went out in that? Don't. Like, it was tiny. Yeah, I found some photos of myself the other day, I think, from 2008 and 2009. And honestly, I think that that era is some of the worst fashion disasters <laughs> have been committed. I mean, it's shocking. What, what were yours? Um, mine were, like, <laughs> I'd wear these tops where I thought that it was really appropriate to have the whole top of the bra out as well. They were that low. Because my <laughs> boobs are quite big, I'd still be have to wear the bra. So you sort of, do you remember like but the Tommy really and Fitch like would do those tops that was sort of baby doll yeah and so the t- whole lace bra was basically out and then you'd have this top that was clearly didn't fit you along with a pair of either the most horrendous mini skirts with waist belts yeah um awful fitted jeans makeup was just horrific I mean overlined <laughs> like eyes it's like yeah had a line the, the across line, your jawline the, jaw line, the, the jaw line, with, line. With bronzer um, blue eyeliner I mean it was just shocking it was lots of eyeliner like under the but eye. i'd under i'd lined my eyes so much with like a dark hole that they were so small that they were literally like little like <laughs> yes i think when you haven't figured out like what suits you no. and you're just like i saw it in a magazine or like you know another girl had it wore it like this i'm gonna try it yeah. and it just doesn't suit you at all but, but then they were like really key items as well do you remember the um what were the circular belts the leather belts yeah like sienna muller yeah. was always wearing. like i Loved i them. wore those to yeah. death Oh, with the with really, with the, with the really with the really low jeans, <laughs> yes. um, or the belt mini skirt. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just so cool. With a pair of maybe pirate boots. Oh, Ugg boots. Oh, oh yeah, yes. of course. Oh, pirate boots. Yeah, <laughs> they were good. Or cowboy boots. Yeah, did a cowboy boot as well with a denim skirt and shorter like a... denim skirt. <laughs> maybe maybe a, a boy's shirt. Yeah, that's lots exactly of backcombing in the hair. Lots of dry shampoo. Oh, don't. Oh God! Anyway, <laughs> trip down memory we, lane. We've come out bigger and better, Millie. So <laughs> you then went on to star in Made in Chelsea in 2011, which made you a household name. Did you know that I nearly went on it? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So no way. So in 2008, I was approached by a production company. This was in its really formative years when the ideas were coming out and it was called, I think, the Chelsea set at the time or something like that. I remember it had loads of working And someone approached me through a friend and they were like, we want to speak to you because, because at the time I was at art school and I was a little bit, I was sort of like from Labrick Grove and they probably saw me as a bit like edgy or whatever. And I filmed a whole pilot 
and they made they had to fill they filmed do you remember blushes on king's road yes so they we had to do a whole morning sitting outside blushes and basically they were telling me what to say and all this sort of stuff it didn't end up happening but it's just so funny funny. yeah so that was my little moment of um I mean I did not know what I was getting myself into really I mean I didn't know it was going to be we didn't know as it was going to be it was going to be we had no idea like I I didn't know if anyone would see it and so when you were approached were you approached did you know most of the people that like were in the first lineup yeah I knew yeah I did know that I knew I'd say about 80% of them okay so that must have been quite an exciting thing to embark on you must have been it like it was just very unknown it was a completely yeah. new new thing we we're kind of a bit like none of us were really you know had had started on the path of our dream career at that point you know we're all like 21 and just kind of figuring out what we we're doing and it just it seemed like a fun opportunity so we just kind of went with it and luckily, yeah. Luckily, and look where, look where uh, it went. Yeah. And what sort of effect did that have on your life? Because obviously, that's quite uh, sort of quite sudden fame overnight. How did you handle that? I don't feel like I don't remember it feeling like it happened overnight. It was kind of, I guess, maybe by the end of the first, by the by the time the first series had finished mm. airing, maybe by the more like the second series that people were kind of really picking up on it. I mean, I guess it it kind of turned. I guess a bit of it was a bit of a roller coaster. Like you were kind of like, right, okay, I'm, I've signed up. I'm for in this. this now. I'm in this now. Yeah. I'm just going to ride it out. Didn't really know where it was going to take you next, but you were just like, I'm just. We just went with it, and there were ups and downs of doing it. There were kind of you know good times, low times, but it was all a bit. It was quite a whirlwind. I guess when you're in it, you don't really it's hindsight such a beautiful thing because yeah. you can look back now and be like oh my god that was what a mad experience Look it was mad are. I don't you know sometimes people are like and you know it must be really hard to film that and how you know how did you cope and are you angry that you feel exploited and I just said I feel like actually no like the, the producers knew you know they were making they were doing their job they were making they made great tv mm. and it was painful to go through some you know personal dramas on screen but then also people related to that because you know, it was following relationships. It's real life. And, and a lot of, yeah, it was real for me. And I guess, yeah, people people relate to that. So it helped me connect with people as well, I think. Absolutely. And what are your thoughts on reality TV nowadays? Like, are you concerned with the sort of the constant link with mental health and overexposure? I mean, in my opinion, it's sort of, I feel like it's, changed a lot over yeah. the past 10 years I think with social media as well because when I did Made in Chelsea Instagram wasn't even a thing really it was like Twitter and then it, Instagram kind of started picking up around the time the show like I was on the show but maybe even towards the, the end of the time I was on it so I mean I feel like maybe what like six seven years ago so I think I think the combination of reality t- tv with social media is it is you know it can be a really scary scary place and people feeling like they can you know sit behind their computer and you know trolling people people. uh it's 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 really nasty and people are realizing now that how dangerous it is absolutely so you've successfully paved a career uh for yourself after you sort of stepped away from made in chelsea and i think what i've loved about your journey is that you've it had like you haven't like oversaturated yourself straight away like you've you've gone on this like really amazing journey with it and I think that that really creates longevity and I don't know like I really appreciate the 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 road you've traveled with it 
so coming to like current day I for some reason when I was doing a little bit of research um I completely forgot that you were a master chef in 2014 what was that like because I want to go on master chef if anyone is listening it was it that was a pretty crazy experience like the the nerves and the anxiety (laughs) I mean it's pretty it's pretty high octane it's like pressure so do you film it sort of like in a week is it the whole thing no you film it you have breaks in between we film it over like six weeks it depends how long how long you stay in fine so you might have like it's not like it's not back to back it's not every day which is a relief because you you know you need to kind of and you have some challenges you can prepare for in a way that i'll say your challenge is you've got two hours to cook three course meal for four people um, you can bring you can you can bring in the you can bring in the recipe and you, you tell them all the ingredients and on all the equipment that you need. Okay. So that those ones, you know, you'd have you'd be at home frantically like thinking, right, what am I going to do? And testing things out on friends. And so, what what was one of the most challenging parts of it? Would you say for you was a particular? We did one challenge where it was like a Tudor challenge. Oh my god! And we had to literally. <laughs> like pretend like we'd gone back to like Tudor times and had like no equipment and, and what? I had to skin something like a hundred fish. I'm trying, I can't remember what fish it was, but it was really slippery and it was really hard to get the skin off. And I was using salt to like grip and um, my knuckles were literally like bleeding. I was like salted them. Oh my God. <laughs> like that was really hard. So it wasn't just about the actual food that you were making. It was the process had to be from like the well, yeah, no, yeah, the, pro- yeah, the process literally as if, yeah. Wow. So that was like, that was really challenging. That was, I think I found that probably like the hardest of the, of, out of the challenges that we did or when, or when you had the mystery box challenge, that was terrifying as well. So that's when you go in, you see the dreaded boxes on, out on the little workstations and you know that you're going to have to cook whatever's in that box and you don't know what it is. That's really scary. Oh my God, it reminds me a bit of like Ready, Steady, Cook. Yeah. Which they've brought back. Have they? Yes. Oh, that's great. I know. I'm really excited about Ready, it. Ready, Steady, Cook. My dad was once on Ready, Steady, Cook and it was the most embarrassing <laughs> experience ever. Did he do because, well? Well, he ended up winning it because they did like a sort of like, not celeb thing, but you know, like well-known people. And I think his chef who he cooked with was Anthony Royal Thompson. Okay. My dad does not cook at all I mean he can't even make toast and the <laughs> one him. the one close-up they did of my dad was of him slicing an onion and he was using the wrong side of the knife and we were all like literally watching the tv screaming at him being like dad you had one job and you can't even do it <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up winning I mean this was like god I must have been eight years old I'm going to come to a bit more about yeah. um, you, your, your food stuff in a minute, but you have a huge love of fitness as well. What's your approach to fitness? How do you sort of incorporate it in your day-to-day life? I just see it as part of my lifestyle, part of my lifestyle now. Um, in my teen, in my, you know, when I, in my, when I was younger um, and in my teens, I didn't, I wasn't sporty. I didn't, I just, I wasn't into sports. I didn't, I didn't understand like why people would go to the gym. I just was like, so not oh, into God, it. Oh God, me too. Hated it. I was just like, I had and also always, team sports, absolutely not. Team sports, absolutely not. I used to forge notes for my mum to get me out of like hockey. I hated it. <laughs> I would like run away from, Ugh, run away no. from the ball. I was like, no, yeah. I don't want to be involved. Yeah. I don't want to be involved. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. <laughs> yes. Just try and get out of anything that I could. Um, I think I was just, I was just lazy, and I just, I, yeah, I just reacted negatively to it. I was like, don't want to do it. You can't make me do it. 
so when I left school, I guess I just, yeah, I didn't, I, I still wasn't in the mindset that I should kind of take care of myself and exercise. Um, it wasn't until I was probably in my early 20s that I slowly started to kind of be like, okay, maybe this is something I can like adapt into my lifestyle. And then by, maybe by about 24, I was kind of properly training a couple of times a week and had then kind of fallen in love with it. But that couldn't imagine at that point not doing it. And what's sort of, like, what's your favourite form? Like, what do you tend to sort of, I mean, maybe pre-pregnancy, what, how, what was your sort of week looking like? I mean, I've always liked to mix it up. I'd say that one thing that I've kind of done quite consistently through that time is Pilates. That's, which is also probably helping you which, loads which now. Exactly, and it's just, I think it's just like the core of, the Pilates movements are like the core of so many, so many things. And mm. if you know how to do them right, it's, it's about like, you know, strength and being holding your, yourself exactly it's all like your, from the inner yeah. strength I, I'm obsessed with Pilates it's the one thing I'll consistently do to yeah so I've stopped doing reformer since being pregnant just found it a bit intense but like I'll definitely go back to that like when I can afterwards but before I was pregnant I do a mixture so I do yoga maybe one yoga a week um just like a kind of flow class like a little I was getting like I was getting stronger at it. I could actually do a headstand um, wow. in the summer, which oh was like, God, amazing. Like, yes. Um, <laughs> and then you bloody went and got pregnant. I know, and then, then <laughs> no inversions are recommended when you're pregnant. So that'll have to be something I like work back towards again. So like yoga or Pilates, and then I do some weight training, and then maybe like a kind of um, spin class or something to do a bit of cardio. Do you run? Did you run? You're not a runner? No, I'm not a runner. But I, but I enjoyed spin for like that kind of endorphin rush mm. and I do, and I really like TRX as well kind of doing like resistance training I find that quite fun like to yeah. do a class and then yeah so since being pregnant when I got pregnant I, I was like right exercise is going to be really crucial to you know support my body through the pregnancy and then also to like recover so I really really went into it with that mindset but you just have to go with with how you feel and you don't know how tired you're going to be and I've definitely been really tired at the beginning I felt really sick so I did I did kind of step back from exercising a bit at the beginning because of the of feeling so nauseous especially in the mornings which is when I would normally exercise did that does that give you anxiety because when like even if I get ill it definitely is, and I can't exercise I'm like oh my life's over it is a bit like that or like even for me just the feeling of like am I going to puke in public <laughs> makes you feel like a bit on edge <laughs> You know, you don't yeah, want to puke. No, you don't enough. want to puke in a class in front of other people, or, yeah. or you know, in the in a meeting or in a restaurant or anywhere in public. Do you, yeah. If you're gonna puke, you yeah. want to be at home. <laughs> so it's like a, it's a it's a really. I mean, it's, I've, it's I've a had very, some moments in my life, but it's an uneasy feeling <laughs> yeah. for sure when you're nauseous and you don't know if you're actually gonna going to puke or if you just or if you just feel sick and yeah. you just don't know it's been like yeah. Russian roulette so, so better to just stay at home <laughs> just have like a plastic bag in yes. my handbag in case I needed to actually like in case I was actually gonna hurl and um a constant supply of like ginger biscuits um which would you know eating would help with the with the nausea on to your culinary skills so as I said in the intro, you are very sort of open with your cooking and your love of food. Talk to me about the cooking series you've been doing with Nina Parker, which I've been I've seen on your Instagram so, of recent. Uh, yeah, we actually just we've got this more more coming Ooh, soon. Fabulous. And Nina and me, we've got friends in common. We first met a couple of years ago. She actually um, helped out. I was having a dinner party and wanted someone to basically to prepare the food for, like you know bring something that I could just 
bring out the oven and uh and 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 she knew other friends of mine and I knew she'd I saw I think I saw she'd done a dinner a dear friend said that she did a dinner party for me it was amazing and when she came over in the afternoon to kind of help prepare everything and show me like what to do and we just got on super well and chatted loads about food and we just um kind of stayed in touch I I think I then put her in touch with other friends that needed you know wanted help with dinner parties as well and then I think we just yeah we just kind of became friends and then one day I was like hey do you want to just you know do you want to just cook together and let's film it and make some fun recipes because I love what she does and what's her so what's her approach so her approach is is um she was quite she was more like flexitarian um now she's in the last like year I'd say she's become like more like completely plant-based okay and I'm not I'm not I don't eat like completely vegan or plant-based I like to mix it up but I was becoming more and more conscious of um just the impact on the planet of eating like animals eating fish um and dairy and everything else and and thinking like how can we all like make you know small changes in our lives that are gonna be good for the environment so one of the things I thought I could do was to try and cut back on how much, how many, how much animal products I was eating, mm. um, by by eating you know more more kind of plant based meals in the week, and just like limiting my my meat intake a bit. And so for anyone that hasn't seen some of the episodes already, it, so it's you guys sort of so cooking just, together yeah, recipes, just us cooking together stuff that's like really easy to make at home. We chat a little bit about why, we, you know, what the inspiration behind it, why we're, why we're making that, whatever we're cooking that week, where the inspiration came from. And everything's really adaptable. So if you really like what we cooked, but you actually, you want to do it with me, great. Like It's, it's adaptable in that way. So, so anyone can tackle yeah, them. completely. And what are some of your specialities, whether it be with Nina or just on a day-to-day basis? Like, what do you love cooking? I, I love baking. Um, anything from kind of a banana bread not like I mean I don't do like really um, you know confectionery like amazing fussy things it's more just kind of yeah like a, a banana cake or like a lemon drizzle cake oh, but there's something very satisfying about um, making something and like watching it like rise in the I oven. completely agree I find it also weirdly quite because it's quite a scientific thing baking yeah. that you sort of have to follow these recipes yeah. to like the near well kind of to the nearest gram and then you're suddenly create this beautiful yeah result whereas like when you're just cooking sort of day to day that's more I, I quite like to not cook from a recipe like I'll have something yeah. as inspiration but I want to put my own touch to it I'm the same yeah like day to day I cook quite a lot of things on repeat same so like Monday nights we always have a salmon stir fry with like you know assortment of, of veg like broccoli pak choy asparagus um salmon like with some spices rubbed on it like chili garlic and ginger and then like rice noodles and it's just like it's a kind of it's a kind of healthy-ish like quite light dinner but it's really yummy and we always I quite like that we know that Monday night that's what we're having absolutely I like having a bit of routine and how has your appetite changed since you've been pregnant um it's definitely increased (laughs) not surprisingly (laughs) as a there's two of us feeding um but at the beginning I definitely craved all the beige foods right just everything beige really 
If it's beige, it's it's allowed. If it's not, not so much. Were you I, were you sending Hugo out on like nightly runs to go and get you? Like... I haven't actually. He went out last night and got me a calippo. So I was really. I saw that craving <laughs> an ice lolly, which is my like newest thing. And I I, and I want one. I like really really want right, it. Right. Okay. Um, but apart, I mean, I've yeah, I definitely carbs all the way through, and I've just really listened to my body and gone right. Okay. I'm just gonna give just you go with it. Go with it. I mean, I've tried. I've tried not to go crazy. I haven't eaten like kind of junk food, mm. but I definitely have allowed myself to relax and probably for the first time in years, like not really be that conscious of how many, how much I'm eating, and just being just. I've just been very relaxed about and it. And I think that's how you should it's be. A new, quite honestly, a new journey. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. I've just I've just kind of gone with it. I haven't deprived myself of things definitely enjoyed indulging my sweet tooth because why not like you're oh, pregnant why and not? you know I'm actually as, as you just said that I was looking over at the rest of the of the lemon cake I think I will after this um talk to me about some of your favorite restaurants in London okay favorite restaurants so I love I love Italian and I love Japanese food so god this is this must be why we like each other because they're my two favorite cuisines <laughs> so although I'm, i do cook quite a lot of like italian like pastas and stuff at home it's still i love it's nice to go out to an italian restaurant and it, it can be really nice but in a group as well or just as a date night um so a couple of of italians that i like are um like la familia oh, you know sitting in that like garden it's yeah. like it's really fun in a group as well and so old school so old school yeah or um ziani as well which is just that? um just off the king's road on like a back street okay it's like smaller very traditional great food like my mum used to go there when she was in her amazing. 20s amazing oh, so it's been around yeah so it's yeah. yeah like an institution yeah so for japanese food um i really love dinings oh yes so they have one in baker street as well yeah i haven't been to that one I've no been i haven't to been to that one kind of south kensington one. yeah and um it, and I, I, before I was pregnant, I went there and did the kind of osamaki off-menu experience. And I'm it was... desperate to do so, that. Honestly, some of the best Japanese food I've ever, ever had. It's very highly regarded, dinings. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's a real... It's a really nice... It's like a treat. Yeah. What Japanese do you love? Um, I'll tell you what I quite like. Have you been to Yashin on High Street Kensington? No. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's not like any normal Japanese restaurant. It's very simple, really, really fresh, again. delicious food. Um, and it's just... So they do cooked as well? They do everything. Nice. So it's like nice to go to dining, it's a bit more like yeah. something to it's, celebrate. It's a treat, yeah, it's a treat. Said, definitely. And then I'm doing it with the sake pairing. Oh, that is sorry. one thing when I'm not pregnant, I can't <laughs> wait to go and eat all the raw fish. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what are you looking forward to being able to eat? That. Like, do you love cheese and things like that? I have, the things I've missed are, yeah, my kind of mountain cheeses, <sighs> the kind of runny cheeses yes. that you're not not allowed to have, and um, and raw fish, yeah. Nice. I'm just interested, actually, in this yeah. as, as, a, as a fellow foodie. Do you try and cook any of the dishes that you eat that you've had in restaurants? So, like, for example, Sometimes. I'm obsessed with cacio pepe. I mean, and, yes. Which is just one of my... Yeah, mo- we have had some failed attempts of making it. Yeah, so <laughs> I keep trying to make it and 
it's really it's, not it's as actually, simple as it's people not. think. And it, it, you, it seems like the most art. simple thing, but it, it can kind of separate and yeah. go a bit like grainy and yeah. like weird. I've, and I'm really irritated with myself because it seems like it should be so simple. It's about like the getting the right amount of the pasta water. I know, and like emulsifying yeah. it in the right way. There was a really lovely recipe recently, actually, in one of the newspapers that Ottolenghi did his take on it. I don't know if you saw it. And it was a simple cacio e pepe base. But then he um, wrapped loads of za'atar in it, so it was like had that Ooh, sort of I think slight I saw spice it. Was it as in well. a kind of weekend supplement? Yeah. yeah, I am going to try it. I haven't done it with that with that combination yet, but I'm a big Ottolenghi fan. Aren't we all? Obviously, as, as we mentioned, you're sort of coming towards the end of your pregnancy. Um, what do you Ooh. want to still instill in your daughter in terms of attitudes towards food? I think kind of the same as what I learned from my mum is that it's about balance and moderation. Um, I definitely never grew up thinking, oh, I shouldn't eat that or that's bad. Mm. Um, but I mean, I was never also really given junk, you yeah. know, junk food. But I mean, obviously, when you when you go to school and parties and stuff, you do occasionally have like, you know, some fast food or something. And that's fine. But like generally, everything we had at home was it was pretty much homemade. Same. And um, I think that's really important. I want to I want to, you know, give her as much as I can. As my one, I can't wait to do weaning, and you know, I think that will be really cute. Actually, when you start to see their reactions to food, have you been getting like much advice with like nutritionists, or have you got like have you been working with a doula, or in terms of in terms of like my pregnancy yeah. nutrition? I mean, I, I I did try to at the beginning, but I felt so sick. I ended up just like not really following what they do, <laughs> what they told me to eat, and then being told kind of like, oh, it's good when you're pregnant to not eat gluten and dairy like I've just found that really hard to stick to but I think it's very important to make sure you're really well it is important to make sure you're really well nourished during your pregnancy Absolutely. and afterwards as well because afterwards your body's you know recovering from the birth and I'm, I'm going to try to breastfeed I hope I can breastfeed um, and you've got to you know really feel your body to produce milk so Absolutely. Um, no, I think your attitude is really really um admirable because you just listen to your body do what you need to I mean, do it's you're about growing balance. a human I'm trying to you know? make sure I'm eating you know a good amount of green vegetables every day and some fruit but if I have a day where I realize that everything I've eaten is beige like so what yeah. like you know you, you'll get you'll get it in the next day absolutely absolutely what are you what are your thoughts on taking placenta pills <laughs> Because well, all of my friends are raving about it. <laughs> I've heard such mixed things about it. Honestly. Oh, really? And we discussed it in my... Um, I've been doing the bump class and we discussed it. It's like an antenatal group. And um, the midwife said there's no like scientific... There's no... There's, there's nothing proven to say that it actually helps. Oh. So it's not I wonder so... if it's a placebo effect. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But then... Because I was like, well, if there are any benefits, like, why not do it? Like, yeah. If, you know, if you if you can afford to do it or if you know you've yeah, got someone yeah, you yeah. trust to do it they were saying like where do you think they were like try to Im like imagine they can't they don't do it in the hospital no you've got to send it so to a company they were like something. imagine like where's this where's your placenta I getting was... where's your placenta getting taken to where's your placenta getting pre getting prepped like chopped up and I turned into they were like trying this. to they were like picture like like all these placentas but they were like what if you get given someone else's placenta and I was like oh, how do you even know if it's can you yours? imagine you oh my know? god it's so just like I, placenta central I had another friend who said they um their doula or, or midwife or whatever whoever someone was looking after them um so they made them a smoothie and put like a kind of a piece of the placenta in the smoothie no I'm sorry yeah <laughs> 
So it was like a kind of berry smoothie, but it had no, a kind of... what, like a, bits of placenta? <laughs> <laughs> and they said it was delicious, but obviously they couldn't I... taste the placenta, but that, I, I honestly, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it. No, I, honestly, like, I've been, I have I, looked into it because I was interested in it, yeah. but I've made my mind up. I don't think no. there's, there's benefits. And then they were like freaking me out saying, well, what if, you know, you could, you could get blood poisoning or something if it's not prepared correctly. We think about what you're actually eating yeah and then that freaked me out and I was like to be fair though you have kind of like hit the nail on the head though you sort of don't really know where how it's being prepared or where it freaks me out is I'm sure also after you've seen it as well (laughs) yeah apparently it's quite terrifying yeah it's quite terrifying (laughs) I've actually seen a photo and it's not particularly um appetizing at all so as if you haven't got enough on your plate uh no pun intended um (laughs) you've obviously been working on a couple collaborations one is uh body by Simone you've been working on some prenatal Bits and pieces yes. with her. So, see, we were chatted about fitness and how important that is to me. And um, throughout my pregnancy, I have been doing these workouts. And I partnered with um, Simone De La Rue, who is um, an amazing, like, trained dancer and um, trainer incredible. from LA. Yeah. And we partnered up to create these vid- these prenatal workout videos. Um, which are available uh, on a DVD and also um, on an, on on Simone's app, so you Fantastic. can watch it either way. And there's like three 20 minute workouts, full body workouts, different ones that you can follow. You could put them, you could do two of them together, you could do three of them together. It kind of depends how long you want to work out for, how you're feeling, or you could just do one, you know, do it three times a week and do a different one each time. Oh, that's so incredible and, and nice like to have st- them online. So especially for women who can't really move around exactly I think and... it's we just wanted to make it really easy for people yeah. to follow and um it's really great for me at the moment being in the final part of my pregnancy I'm definitely at home a lot more don't really feel like the energy to go to a gym um especially at the moment yeah. and it's just better to it's great it's great that you can just do it at home you could do it anywhere mm. in the garden I think a lot nicer. of people are starting to do that now as well, especially when you're traveling. I always find as well, if I'm in hotel rooms, I always make yeah. sure I've got something on my phone to, in case there's no gym yeah. to be able to do something wherever. Exactly. However. So it's just, yeah, it's been really important for me to keep moving and they're all pregnancy safe, which I found it's really hard um, to, at the beginning of my pregnancy when I wanted to do things at home. I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know what was safe to do. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what who was good or who would really kind of got that you know who was going to be doing it really safely and Simone's been the perfect person to partner up with so it's been a really fun project we filmed it when I was about six months pregnant amazing well when I get to that point I will be um I'll be logging on and you've also got a collaboration with um Pichusa yes you said it right (laughs) yeah um which is a a Miami-based um kind of resort wear brand who create beautiful um beach dresses and like summer summer dresses cover-ups yeah aren't they the best cover-ups incredible um they're just made from like gorgeous cottons lovely colors and like lovely like gorgeous trims i've been a fan of the brand for a couple of years and um we've got like i've got friends in common with the with the owner and founder clara we got on like a house on fire um and we collaborated like both our ideas to a table and have come up with this really gorgeous collection and luckily everything is um kind of relaxed there's no zips so I didn't (laughs) so it's perfect it's not a maternity line but I can wear it pregnant so that is great 
um that that's ideal especially my last few weeks when like I, not much else is gonna amazing fit. Fits, it fits everyone float and float <laughs> around in these like gorgeous dresses of course if you're gonna do it do it in style so I always end my interviews with a few quick fire questions okay my absolute favorite snack of all time is a packet of crisps I am like the crisp connoisseur <laughs> well, as I tell all my guests uh what is your favorite flavor of crisps and why Okay, I really love the Tours, like truffle crisps. <gasps> Am I saying it right? Yes. That, yeah. Okay, haven't had that answer. Oh, they are delicious. They're fabulous, and I think they're also made with like real proper olive yeah. oil. Yeah, they are. They are just. They're just. The yeah. texture's good. Yeah, because they're really thin. Yeah. Yeah, and when they're put out, they don't last very long at all. I mean, they just literally yeah. disappear. I don't share those. <laughs> and like a family bag, like big bag, that's for no, one. No, that, that, that's an individual bag yes. for me. <laughs> Amazing, I accept that answer. Who are your three most desired dinner party guests? Oh, that's a good question. My f- three favorite dinner party guests. Okay, I think I would have to say Joanna Lumley. Yes. Just, but I mean, she's fab either way, but would we have her in character? No, she's in character. Okay. She's coming in as Patsy. Patsy that, is I coming. I love that. She's. <laughs> She's going to be up to no good. She'd have you in fits of laughter. She'd drink the house dry. Oh, drink the house dry. She probably wouldn't eat anything. She'd walk in with three cigarettes <laughs> in her mouth. Oh my God, I love it. Um, okay, so Patsy. Then I love cooking and I do love doing dinner parties, but I think I definitely want someone to come who was great in the kitchen. So if I'd messed something up, they could step in and yeah. and like, you know, save the day. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I am a big Jamie Oliver fan. Love Jamie. I just love him. Being at my mum, like also a fan. Like I've just, you know, always. I grew up a lot on his cooking, to be honest. Yeah, me too. And like with his books. Yeah. I just love his approach to food, and I feel like he'd just be good fun as well. Like you'd have a good laugh. And then who else would I have? I'd probably have to have someone for Hugo. Yeah. He his ultimate person I think would be Keith Richards. Oh my oh my god. Okay, this is like a really serious <laughs> little group. Can so I come to this dinner oh, party, darling, of please? You can. Yes. You're invited. <laughs> Bring your oh my lovely god, dad. Imagine Keith Richards and, yeah. and, and um Joanna Lumley in character as Patsy <gasps> together. Oh my god. Good it would god. be quite wild, wouldn't it? It would be it? wild. I think you'd have a sore head the next yeah. day. Yeah. Well, um, maybe three days later. But, but yeah. also <laughs> David Attenborough, like, could he just move in? Yeah. Can he just come and live Well, with he me? could come in and possibly just sort of like, um, he could commentate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, I just feel like I just, he's welcome anytime, anytime he wants to come around for dinner. Whenever. Um, we kind of covered it at the beginning, but is there any food that you can't stand? Probably like a really, like really spicy kind of like, my worst nightmare would be like being forced to eat like a vindaloo or something. Fine. Okay. You can't do the spice. I don't, like yeah, I can't, subtle, I, can't, can I like subtle, subtle spice. I love yeah. flavor. I like spices. Yeah. I, I can't stomach really spicy food. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is the craziest food you've ever eaten? Craziest food I've ever eaten? I mean, is sea urchin quite weird? Oh, yeah, I've never, I've never had one. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm really nervous about yeah, trying it's them. It's actually delicious. Really? Yeah. What does it taste like? Kind of like the sea, very fresh. Okay. But salty, like savory. But the consistency is... It look, a I mean, bit like a mushroom so right okay but i don't think that would go down but like uh, so like an oyster no not not like an, i don't like oysters okay oh interesting okay and finally live to eat or eat to live oh 
lift eat yeah for sure i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> good question that's why you're allowed back oh thanks <laughs> Millie, for thank me. you so much for joining me um and for fitting me in and what is about to be a bit of a crazy time for you um you can follow millie on social media at millie mcintosh thank you yeah, thanks for listening everyone and thanks for having me bye okay. thank you for listening and joining us this week Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend and another and maybe another. Don't forget you can follow all the crazy sexy antics on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Crazy Sexy Food. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.